Welcome back to IMG Advisor, the podcast. Um, this <laughs> episode four, series six. Um, welcome, Tom. That was so smooth. I don't think that. I don't. I don't <laughs> think I'm going to do the introductions anymore. I think you can no. just have it. Thanks, Tom. I did try. I've been trying that, practicing that one all week. Yeah. Um, I think you're very trying. A bit, of, a bit of sultriness to it, uh, to the proceedings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but today's a really interesting one. Um, I'm really excited about uh, speaking about this one because it's a topic that we haven't ever done before. Uh, it's actually NHS Wales against, versus or against NHS England, um, the Clash of the Titans. Yeah, and it's not some sort of uh, football match or uh, it's just the kind of different healthcare systems within each nation. It's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a weird one, isn't it? Because you've got the UK as a whole. Mm-hmm. But actually, it's made up of four nations, and each nation has its own kind of idiosyncratic uh, approach to public health. That's a big word. Thank you. Yeah. I, uh, I usually just get called the first part of that, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll move um, on. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the reason that we wanted to kind of touch on this subject is, um, I guess, because we're doing um, a lot of work in Wales at the moment. We certainly are, yeah. Um, we've got some some really good opportunities, and I think there's maybe a few uh, misconceptions uh, around Wales. Obviously, you know the kind of main places people have heard of if they're looking at the UK is you know London, Manchester, Birmingham, Newcastle, Edinburgh, Glasgow. They tend to be the kind of main places people have heard of, but um, Wales is a, is a bit uh, a bit less a bit less common. So, Tom, you think that Wales is a place that nobody's heard of? Uh, I think that it, I think it's a place that less people will have heard about than, than me, who lives an hour away from it. Well, I hope we don't have any Welsh subscribers to IMG Advisor the podcast. Uh, I think they'd be quite quite offended by that comment. I think I think they're in the wrong place if they're looking <laughs> they're looking to learn about relocation to Wales. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's um, let's just kind of run through some basics about Wales then as a country. Um, so it's a country, <laughs> it's separate to England. Um, it's in the west of the, the British Isles, right? Um, joined on to England. It's like England's hip. England's hip. It's about, uh, if it's England's hip, then that makes me the pelvis. So we live in uh, in Bristol, which is just about an hour away, as you said, in the, in the southwest. And to give that some context, you can get a train from London directly to, you know, Cardiff. And it's only it's only a couple of hours away. It's not, not actually mm. that far. Probably the same distance as Manchester, but to the west. Yeah. And Wales is renowned uh, for being extremely beautiful. Um, lots of lovely uh, coastline i've actually been surfing in wales tom uh, a place called hell's mouth sounds uh, which is glorious it was, it was beautiful um i think i did it in winter as well and it's freezing you're mad <laughs> as in, the sea was cold <laughs> but really beautiful but uh wales also home to really mountainous national parks i think the what's the most famous one snowdonia yeah where you got uh snowden mm-hmm. Mount Snowden, Snowden. <laughs> no, not, not the guy who uh, leaked all the US military. Ed, oh, that's Edward Snowden. No, <laughs> yes, he, he, he doesn't live in Wales. No, he does. Yeah, definitely doesn't have his own national park. I think, um, he, I think he lives in Russia. <laughs> I think he's owned by Russia. Um, yeah. Anyway, we're, we're getting into politics now. Um, I, I, I can vouch for that. I, I, Wales is a really, really nice part of the world. If you are looking for 
a kind of lifestyle change mm. uh, in your move to the UK that's going to give you access to kind of outdoor activities and uh, lots of different activities for kids as well, um, then obviously it's a really, really good place to be. Yeah, I, rem- I remember, Tom, actually, we, me and you cycled 100 miles um, in one day, didn't we, in, in Wales? We did part of it in Wales and part of it in England. We certainly did, yeah. And again, that's another thing where if you are into kind of uh, like that road cycling, outdoor pursuits or uh, climbing, mountaineering, uh, something that my brother does, um, Wales is, again, a really good place. And as Ryan alluded to, surfing, uh, weirdly. Yeah. In fact, Tom, we've spent a lot of time in Wales. Um, we've, <laughs> uh, we've, I was going to say, we've gone to um, uh, is it Millennium Stadium to watch Scotland versus Wales and the rugby we did, yeah. That was really we good, did. actually. I yeah. definitely recommend the sports. Uh, lots of different, um, lots of different culture happening. Cardiff was actually really good. I really mm. recommend Cardiff as a as beautiful a place. city, definitely. Um, so, as we kind of said, like, there's, Wales has a lot to offer. The IMG, it does. But how is it different to NHS England? Right. Okay. Well, now we're getting to the nitty gritty. Uh, so. Health services in England are primarily provided through NHS trusts. Um, so in England, there's roughly uh, 240 NHS foundation trusts. Um, oh, sorry, NHS trusts and foundation trusts. Uh, so broadly, these NHS providers fall into the groups of acute, ambulatory, it's easy for me to say, <laughs> <laughs> community and mental health. Um, so the different main difference between... Uh, England and Wales in this respect is that all health services in Wales are delivered through the seven health boards, so boards, not trusts, uh, uh, rather than having trusts that are split into acute ambulatory community and mental health, the health boards in Wales encompass all aspects of healthcare within a specific, specific region of Wales. So if you're an international doctor interested in relocating and working within Wales, you'll be working within one of the seven, that's the magic number, Tom, seven health boards, yeah. dependent on the specific location you're relocating to. And I think that obviously that's, we've kind of written that out to, to try and explain it, but if you, if you want it in layman's terms, so NHS trusts in England will look after just acute. They, they won't be dealing with ambulances or community healthcare, GP practices, anything like that. Whereas I think um, I'm correct in saying Scotland is the same as Wales in that they are, right. although they are trusts, they are health boards. So they will look after everything medical is encompassed within it. So if you went to join uh, one of the seven health boards in Wales, that organisation would be responsible for all of the GP practices, all of the mental health uh, partnerships, all of the acute hospitals, everything within a particular region, rather than one siloed off acute kind of fragment of that within a region. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely it. So Tom, do you want to run us through the seven health boards in Wales? Yeah, I know why you're smirking because you want me to pronounce all of these, <laughs> which was not what we rehearsed, Brian. But I'll do my best. So the seven, the seven health boards in Wales, and I'll use my absolute best Welsh accent, which please don't be offended if we do have any Welsh uh, listeners. Uh, there's Anur and Bevan Health Boards. Mm-hmm. Not sure if Ryan wants to give me marks out of ten on my my effort. Uh, Swansea Bay University Health Board, Cardiff, uh, Cardiff and Vale University Health Board, Hevildar Health Board, Cumtaf Morgan Health Boards, uh, Betsy Cudwalder University Health Board, Board, and Powys Teaching Health Board. Fantastic, Tom. I think you you just about made it. Yeah, maybe I could be Welsh. 
Yeah, you could be. <laughs> you're, a, you're a bit of everything, Tom, aren't you? You're a bit, oh, of, yeah. uh, bit of English, Irish, Scots. I am the mongrel Scot. Uh, yeah. So, so those are those are the seven the seven health boards. Hopefully, I've pronounced those those uh, properly. Uh, and they're kind of spread as you would expect uh, from north to to south, covering different kind of population uh, regions. Okay, so then Alice has kind of pointed out here as well that there's there's actually three NHS trusts within Wales, just to add to the complexity, um, which cover the whole of the country and offer specialist services. Uh, so this, of course, is different from NHS and tr uh, NHS trusts in England which are small organisations overseeing hospital groups. So those three are the, the NHS Trust in Wales, Welsh Ambulance Services NHS Trust, and that's purely for emergency services, mm -hmm. Valindra NHS Trust, and this is for specialist cancer services um, in, in, in Wales nationally, and Support Services Public Health Wales. Um, so I guess that's everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't think that, I mean, obviously we're doing this podcast to, to try to explain as much about Wales and uh, I, I think it's an underappreciated uh, location, particularly for IMGs because it's got so much to offer and it's so welcoming. So you don't need to get too hung up on all of these differences if you're just about to go and interview for a job or if you're interested in location, but it is important to to recognize that there is a difference. So um, if you're not following what we've said so far, don't don't be too worried about it, but just know that there is a difference in the way that the NHS is structured in Wales compared to... And I, I think, it, although it's structured different, differently in terms of how healthcare services are provided, it, it doesn't make any difference to your day-to-day -day job. No, um, no, or your training prospects either. It's all run by the same organisation. Yeah, exactly. We, we've got lots of NHS, um, uh, sorry, doctors who are working in the NHS that will go and work in Wales for a period of time and then go back to working in NHS England or, or even going up to Scotland, come back. And so the, it's it, although the NHS in the UK is very separate in how it's delivered acro um, across the home nations, the actual day-to-day -day job is is the same. Yeah, yeah, and that's that is as you said really important. So, um, you know, your career prospects aren't aren't different. It's not like if you did a uh, Ryan, you're the one with a law degree, but if you do a law degree in Scotland, that you then have to do a conversion course if you want to practice in England, and that's not the, the case with uh, medical right. practice. It's, it's yeah. the same, and it's the same no, license as well. It's still governed by the GMC. Yeah. Um, so let's have a look, Tom, at some of the benefits of uh, working in Wales. Um, so I guess one of the big things, um, which is, um, you know, a lot of IMGs come to the UK, it's about getting a kind of work-life ba balance. Uh, so um, really good annual leave. So you will receive really generous annual leave allowance of 27 days leave per year, plus your bank holidays. And that rises to 29 days after five years and then 33 days after 10 years of service. So that's a pretty decent um, holiday package. It is. Yeah, you're looking at about, I think there's about two weeks of public holidays altogether. They're not all in one place, but it's about 10 days, I think, public holidays across the mm -hmm. across the year. So if you've got 33 or even if you say you've got 29, that's near enough uh, six weeks, six working weeks of holiday plus another two weeks of um, public uh, public holidays added in, so you got about eight weeks uh, really mm -hmm. of, of the year, so two months that that you have as holiday loans. And I'll give you plenty of time to go and explore the, the beautiful Welsh countryside. 
yeah yeah explore wales the rest of the uk if you want to go home i know a lot of doctors who are leaving family want to go back and visit then obviously that's a big thing and you can i guess by negotiation with your department store that up maybe you want to go back for for sort of two three four four weeks at a time or maybe you want to use it to do agency locums to kind of top up your income obviously it's Mm -hmm. gonna at your disposal to to do what you want yeah um so nhs wales also really appreciate flexible working um that there's more to life than work so they can offer flexible working policies to help you balance your home and working life because we all know that one of the major problems with staff attrition within the nhs is is burnout and uh, particularly with everything that's going on at the moment as well i think that's really important um that that you mean that you you do find that balance between working really hard and doing a tremendous job uh, and obviously having that uh, time to relax and spend time with family or uh, as Tom mentioned going going out and visiting different parts of the UK so I think that's really important so kind of flexible working uh, is, is actively promoted within NHS Wales and, and that could include part-time hours job sharing options career breaks flexible retirement and working from home where applicable mm, yeah definitely and I think that's a that's a really important thing I think because because NHS Wales or Wales as a as a location is smaller uh, than than England, and because there are less um, independent organisations, they they do have quite a broad coverage of one set of rules for everyone. It's not so individualistic. So, um, especially where the health trusts look after or health boards look after all of the different medical services, they can be more flexible about uh, structuring the the delivery of that healthcare. So, yeah, that's a really good one. Um, Occupational health is the next one. So um, all employees have access to uh, occupational health services. Uh, the service can support staff with stress management, confidential counselling and seasonal vaccinations. To be honest with you, this is not unique to Wales. This would be applicable across the NHS. Um, obviously, they're, they're really uh, diligent when it comes to look at, looking after staff. And obviously, staff burnout is um, it can be an issue for doctors if you're you know kind of working above and beyond, which I know a lot of doctors yeah. regularly do. But in terms of the the emphasis that NHS Wales has put on um, put on that kind of protection for doctors is is really high. Yeah, definitely. Um, what about salary, Tom? So is there much difference between salary working in England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland? Uh, not much. There are some differences. Uh, so uh, the the pay scale in Scotland is different, for example, to the pay scale in England. Um, and the I guess that's just about the, the location. So in London, you're likely to be quite strict on the salary scale, whereas you may get a little bit of extra money to compensate you if you're going north, which is actually mm-hmm. ironic because um, the further away from London, generally, the cheaper the cost of living is. So you, you'd think that they would pay you less but that's not not always the case um so uh, everyone who joins the nhs is guaranteed a salary uh, that matches their uh, ability so it's done kind of on your years of, of past experience um and uh, obviously as you kind of move through your training that will increase in in annual increments the same as nhs england yeah definitely um and i, I know that certainly from a lot of the doctors that that we've helped relocate to, to wales They've all settled in really well, really enjoy it. Um, I think that the salaries that they've been offered, uh, obviously across different specials, have been really fair. Some really good relocation packages as well. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think um, uh, in terms of our experience, and particularly the doctor's experience that um, that we've helped to relocate to the UK, it's been nothing but really, really positive. Yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because you find little pockets of doctors from different places. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, it was you actually, Ryan, that told me that it was a, 
there was a trust in uh, West Wales which had recruited some Egyptian anaesthetists and uh, through word of mouth they kind of attracted some of their friends and now there is a, a sort of international Egyptian doctor community of dentists yeah. in, in <laughs> West like, Wales. And well, so, that, that, uh, it got to the stage where <laughs> any Egyptian anaesthetist that were registering with us, that, that was the number one place that they wanted to actually go, which yeah. is uh, really good and a really good job from that particular department as well. Um, okay, so I, I know a lot of international doctors, when they're deciding upon what's the best hospital for them, will look at the CQC report, which if you don't know is the Care Quality Commission. Um, the Care Quality Commission only inspects services in England. So if you're looking um, at a hospital in Wales and try and search for the CQC, you're not going to find it. Uh, but there is an equivalent, which which is the healthcare regulator um, that operates within Wales, which is the Healthcare Inspectorate Wales. So again, similar to CQC in England, um, they will go in, inspect the services, um, use the judgments to write an inspection report, which will be included um, with any improved requirements um, where it is deemed kind of necessary and it'll be published on their website. So uh, instead, of, so in Wales, it's not the CQC report you'd be looking for it's the healthcare inspectorate wales and all of their inspections are published on that website yeah i think that's a really important one and uh, it's it's a really it's a double-edged sword the cqc and the and the inspectorate wales uh, because i think it's a really good thing to look at to give you an idea of where you sit because it is an independent evaluation of the services within a trust that you may be thinking of joining um Obviously, if it's a good review, that's great. If it's not so good or requires improvement, I would just recommend that you look at when the last time the inspection took place was, if it's recent or if there was a, a plan in place and also whether or not it's a, it's, um, its report, if it is negative, covers off any of the areas that you'll be working in. So, for example, if you're going into work in an A&E department, the urgent care rating could be outstanding, um, but the pathology services require improvement. And, and that is quite a significant difference, I think, that um, yeah. don't, don't put all of your stock into the CQC, but it is generally a good indicator as to, to where the trust is in its journey. You're absolutely right. I think it's it's one of those times where um, it's, it, we always say, do your due diligence uh, before m making a move to the UK. And the more information that you have, the, the kind of ease, well, easier decision is, but uh, it's always good to be proactive in terms of looking into what you might be getting yourself into but cqc reports are just a snapshot on time um so it's kind of like looking out to the, to the stars and uh <laughs> things that might have happened a few million <laughs> years ago uh, because the whole point of the cqc is to improve services um so if you're looking at a cqc report from a year ago the chances are the action has been taken and a lot of things have been rectified yeah, I'd say if you if you want to give it a clear comparison, it's a bit like your revalidation for your GMC license. It's not designed to trip anyone up. It's just about checking where you are and whether or not you've got a plan to improve. If you had a poor um, appraisal one year, that doesn't mean you're a bad doctor. It doesn't mean that you don't have a, a plan to take steps to, to sort of correct the way that you are practicing medicine or, or influence that. So, I think yeah. you know, in the same in the same way, I would take that for the for the trust too. I, I've got a burning burning question though, right? And maybe you can you can answer this for me. I'm going to tee this up like a volleyball mm -hmm. spike. Uh, do I need to speak Welsh? Because there is a completely different language in Wales. It doesn't, you know, you'll find that if you go there, the the signs on the road and the shops and you'll hear people mm -hmm. speaking Welsh and it, it's nothing at all like English. 
Yeah, of course you do. Um, and actually, the OET, <laughs> OET and IELTS have uh, put together a really helpful examination for it, <laughs> which you need to pass. <laughs> and they're part of their money-making scheme. Uh, no, I, I, I'm being facetious. Um, you know, of course you don't. Uh, so uh, NHS Wales does not expect the staff to speak Welsh. Um, according to, I'm going to throw some statistics at you. Okay, hit me. So this is the, o, the ONS, which is the Office for National Statistics in the UK. As of June 2020, the number of Welsh speakers in the UK sits at 874,700, just under a third of the Welsh population. That's actually amazing. I didn't know that. That's that's quite a lot. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realise that either. <laughs> as, as fellow Celts, Tom, we should be quite ashamed. Because I know. I think in Scotland, uh, the number of people that speak um, Gaelic is about two. Yeah, <laughs> two I, think, people. I think it's about, I think in all seriousness, about like 100,000 or 150,000. Yeah. Really, it is not not a lot. So fair play. But again, just to, to kind of, to labour the point for any IMGs out there, the, the language that is spoken when you are at work is English. And the majority of people, in fact, everybody who speaks Welsh, I'd go as far as to say, who you would come across, will also speak English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be, you know, they'll be bilingual in both of those because obviously... Yeah, de- school. definitely. I mean, the, the language is... Uh, and it, the, the Welsh are obviously incredibly proud of the language. And I think it's great that obviously they, they've taken steps to make sure that um, that such a high percentage of population does uh, still speaks it. Um, but the language is still used in a variety of social settings. For example, all road signs in Wales are bilingual, uh, meaning that they are written in both English and Welsh. Additionally, in education, specifically uh, primary and secondary schools, the Welsh language is integrated into both teaching and learning. But again, if you're worried about your children coming to Wales, um, uh, what, will they be taught in Welsh? No, it's uh, it's a combination of both. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think I kind of to to sum up, I I would say that Wales as a as a destination of choice for IMGs is hugely hugely underrated. I, I think for me, if I was an IMG moving to another country, uh, and obviously we don't have any skin in the game, we work with Eng- England and and Wales. Um, but if I was in a position of an IMG, then I would I would probably seriously consider Wales as just as good, if not better, as a location to to kind of go to, just because of the work life balance that's achievable and the kind of natural beauty of the area. I'm naturally mm-hmm. I'm a bit like you, Ryan. I'm a bit of an outdoors person, so I quite like cycling and climbing, walking. Um, I like the idea of my kids growing up being outdoors and the, I know that the levels of education are high. Welsh Assembly is, is essentially its own sort of mini government, just like uh, you have Holyrood in, in Scotland. So, I, 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 Sorry, Tom, I just interrupt. Do you like the idea of your kids growing up outdoor, outdoors? Yeah, I mean... Is that, is that why you keep them keep them locked in the shed? Well, in fairness, <laughs> it's, it's more of a kennel and they can run around in the back garden. I've got chicken wire around so they can't get under the fence. Um, you know, it's teaching them good life skills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> No, I do. I generally, I think that if you, depending on the type of person you are, I know a lot of people that come to us are looking for, uh, you know, they want to work and live in a big city and and all that kind of stuff that, you know, and again, this is just me personally, it doesn't really appeal Mm -hmm. to me, but I think if you, if you are interested in learning more about Wales uh, as a place and you want to explore your opportunities there, then do get in touch with us because it's a great place to be. Absolutely. Good. Okay. Well, 
I really enjoyed that one, Tom, because we don't usually get the the chance to talk about countries and lifestyle and all the rest of it. It tends to be more of the kind of day to day. Yeah, if I have to do another podcast or a blog or a vlog about salaries in the NHS, I'll have to. Yeah. I'll move to Wales. Um, well, we, we do need to do a podcast on Bonnie <laughs> Scotland. That so that should be the next one. So maybe that'll be in series uh, series seven. Season seven, yeah, definitely. Uh, incidentally, the next episode, since we are sort of wrapping up, is uh, about uh, acute medicine in the NHS. So if you are a medicine or, or acute medicine doctor and you want to know a bit more, then uh, tune in for the next episode of the pods and we will go into a bit more detail. I promise you that, um, as always, we'll, we'll keep it super, super professional. Okay, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I shall look forward to locking horns with you again next week, Tom. Excellent. All right. Well, look, uh, thanks very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Cheers, right? Cheers. Bye. Bye bye.